Hey everyone, welcome back, and uh, this is episode 17, and this week I went a little bit of a, a different direction, it's a good direction, it's just a little different. Now most of the time throughout the week I will, you know, binge watch YouTube videos, I will check Twitter, you know, we'll go on the Google machine, we'll try to find some topics, you know, <clears throat> and I definitely did that, but what I also did um, this week was I wrote four pages, I think, yeah, four, like, at least four pages, um, of, like, my personal in-depth character analysis on Batman, and I bet you're wondering, Dave, why? Why'd you do this? What, what possessed you to write four pages about Batman? And I'll tell you why. Recently, I, um, I watched a video on YouTube, and, uh, shocker, it was about The Batman. Uh, The Batman is the new Batman movie coming out with Robert Pattinson, um, and it looks really good. And when I was watching this video, the guy who made it, I don't know your name, but shout out to High Tops Films, um, he was talking about Batman, and at the end, he kind of talks about, like, what Batman means to him, right? Like, why why he's so ready for this film, or not even that. He, I guess he writes fan fiction. He makes his own short films, things like that. He says he always comes back to Batman. And when I thought about that, I was like, damn, that sounds a lot like me. I've been a Batman fan as long as I can remember. Like I said last week, Batman and Spider-Man, they are like one and two for me. Um, it changes depending on my mood, but I put both of them at number one because... Uh, arguably, I think Spider-Man is a bigger portion of my collection. Um, but I think some of my favorite books I own and some of my favorite to collect are definitely Batman or Bat Family, um, mostly DC comics. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of people, you know, you've either seen a movie, um, maybe you've played a video game, maybe you saw... If you're if you're privileged enough, you saw the Batman animated series from back in the 2000s, um, which was dope, or the old Justice League shows, anything like that, right? Most of you know who Batman is, right? But if you don't read comics, or you don't play the video games like all of them in you know in order, you might not know a lot of the lore, or in this case, a lot of what the character is really about. Not to say that the movies are bad; a lot of them are. But, you know, Christian Bale's Batman, Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale's Batman trilogy, I'm pretty sure anybody my age has at least seen The Dark Knight, if not Batman Begins and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, but like I said, if you haven't read a storyline, if you've never read an arc, if you've never read a Batman comic book, the thing you miss is Batman's thoughts. Literally, you get to read them. You know, Batman is... The world's greatest detective, right? But he's also like, um, he knows every fighting style. He can, you know, I know he has like Lucius Fox, which a lot of you guys don't know is Morgan Freeman. He has a guy that'll make him tech, but at the same time, Batman will make some of his own tech, right? So, you know, what I really wanted to talk about was just the character himself. And this might be a little bit of a stretch. Some people might not care about Batman, but some of you might go, hey, let me... Let me learn a little bit here. Let me 
take a seat and we'll pull up to uh to Dave's uh comic book uh crash course, if you will. This is a crash course on Batman. The character anyway. I'm not gonna go through I'll give you some reading recommendations at the end of this. But um this is definitely like a crash course on Batman and Bruce Wayne, you know. Um I also wanna say, before I kick this off, I already said it, uh shout out to High Top Films for follow you know, check him out on YouTube. He does more than just Batman stuff. He does a lot of video essays, which are great. Um, so check him out on YouTube. I also want to say a lot of these ideas are my ideas of other people's ideas. I watched a lot of video essays, a lot of character analysis throughout the week, um, but not too many. But I, I watched enough to um, kind of re-spark uh, some things I either maybe forgot or things I wouldn't mention, other things about the you know the other films. So I just want to say I am not a genius. Um, I've played some video games, I've read some comics, and I've watched a lot of Batman movies and TV shows. But, like I said, these are my ideas of other people's ideas. So, you know, take that with as you will. Now, I mean, sorry, a little ASMR flipping the pages. Alright, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, a, it's a bit, I'm not going to do ASMR. Um, but, you know, started off, you know, who is Batman? Who is this guy? You know, a lot of you guys know who Batman is. He wears a bat costume. He's got a cow. He's got a cape. He's got them white eyes that, you know, peer out from the shadows. But depending on, like, the timeline or the dimension... Don't worry, I'm not going to get too nerdy on you. But depending on the timeline or the dimension or the continuity... Sometimes even then it can be hard to figure out who is Batman, right? And... The thing about Batman is, Batman is not only a character, but he's a symbol, right? And Batman himself stands for, you know, everybody knows, justice, you know. I think there's so many, like, jokes about, like, Batman and justice. They just go hand in hand. But when you really break it down, there's uh, there's a quote in Batman Begins that Christian Bale says to Alfred. And he says, um... People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. Now, if you don't know what apathy means, it means, like, you don't care. You don't give a fuck. Pretty much what our society is nowadays. Most people don't care. They're only looking out for themselves. They're not going to get too involved. They're not going to get too interested. Everybody's just kind of in their own bubble. Nobody really cares. There might be corruption. There might be some crime. Yeah, not my problem. Um, Batman, however, that is his problem. He is... You know, he is vengeance. He is the hand of justice. And when I think about Batman, I always think about... I tend to think of like the... Or romanticize, I guess, the the older Batman, right? The Batman who's calm, cool, and collected. Who's able to overcome any obstacle that's thrown at him. That's able to analyze the situation and his surroundings and the outcomes. Almost like... A, like Cyclops from the X-Men, he says he doesn't he doesn't use the alphabet in his plans because that would only assume he only has 26 plans. If there's 27 letters in the alphabet, I'm fucked, but I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's 26. But either way, I view Batman the same way. There is no number, there is no letter that can cover the amount of contingencies that Batman has on hand. This is the kind of guy to look at a problem and, you know, have various ways to solve it. And if those don't work, he has backup plans and backup plans for the backup plans. You know, 
but like in this episode, um, sorry, I wanted to talk about, um, like sometimes like I think people confuse Batman just kind of like, a he's just a guy, which is true for being a superpower or fuck for being a superhero. Batman doesn't have any superpowers. And I hate that quote or the line from, it's from Justice League, which is a terrible movie. So if you've never seen it, don't go watch it. It's not really worth it. You go watch the Snyder Cut. It's not that much better. It's still a bad movie. Because um, we've never seen any of these characters together. And they want you to care about them by the end of the movie. And it just doesn't work. There's a reason that when they made the Avengers, they had an Iron Man movie, a Thor movie, and uh, Captain America, even Hulk. All those movies were first. Then they had an Avengers. So you had some vested interest. You've seen these people. They weren't just thrown in there uh, to make money and fight CGI villains that don't exist. But when it comes down to it, a lot of people know that like Batman is Bruce Wayne's alter ego. What I'd like to tell you is that he's not. Batman is who Bruce Wayne really is. This is where it gets a little confusing for the rest of the time I'm talk about this. If you look at like a person with multiple personality disorder... They will say a person usually has like a baseline personality. There's one main personality that they come back to. And then they have like other ones that branch off of that. Batman is who Batman really is. Bruce Wayne is the alter ego. So an example of this is in, uh, if you've ever seen Batman Beyond the cartoon, it's a great episode. There's these voices that creep into Bruce Wayne's head, right? And all through the episode, they're telling him to do things. They say, Bruce, Bruce, wake up. Wake up, Brucey boy. Hey, Bruce, why don't you go to that window? Then they tell him, open the window, Bruce. And then they go, jump. Jump out the window, Bruce. They're trying to make him kill himself, right? At the end of the episode, I'm not going to spoil it, the the villain gets defeated. And uh, at the end, somebody asks him. They go, hey, how'd you know that you weren't going crazy like, even with all these voices in your head, like, how did how did you overcome that? And he looks this person dead in the eyes and he goes, because the voice kept calling me Bruce. When I talk to myself, I don't call myself Bruce. And then the other man asked him, what do you call yourself? And this person knows he's Batman. And he just kind of gives him this look. Meaning that in his own psyche, Batman calls himself Batman. So... When you think about Batman, he's not, it's, it's like, uh, the best way I can describe it is like Tony Stark is Tony Stark. He's only Iron Man when he's in the Iron Man suit. Tony Stark knows he's Tony Stark. He's only Iron Man when he needs to be. Whereas Bruce Wayne is only Bruce Wayne when he needs to be. In his head when he's Bruce Wayne, he still knows he's Batman. He only looks at things from Batman's perspective. Bruce Wayne is just a mask an alter ego that he puts on. Going back to um, Christopher Nolan's trilogy, right? Sorry, this is my first time doing like a character analysis, so I might jump around. Might be a little confusing. But I'm going to try to keep it. I'm going to read my notes at the same time. Going back to Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, people slept on Batman Begins because a lot of the 90s movies from the 80s for Batman... They're not Batman movies. They're a circus for all these villains. And Batman is just kind of a... He's kind of like a janitor. 
you see all these villains and all these problems, and Batman just comes in, sweeps them up, dumps out the dustpan, mops up the floors, and he goes back to the Batcave. In Christopher Nolan's Batman, especially Batman Begins, they give you a reason to kind of understand, like, why would this billionaire, you know, why would he become Batman? Like, yeah, his parents died, but, like, you get over that. Tony Stark's parents died, you know? There's a lot of parallels people try to draw between Batman and Iron Man. I'm here to tell you, Iron Man is a chump compared to Bruce Wayne. Or Batman, rather. But in all this, they show you, like, why why would he become Batman? Why would somebody want to do that? And basically, they show you that for, you know, 18 years or whatever it was in the in the Christopher Nolan time skip. And that entire time, Bruce Wayne has thought about one thing. And that is murdering Joe Chill, the man who killed his parents. He shows up with a little little snub-nosed 38 revolver and a, a big jacket. And uh, fortunately for that version of Bruce Wayne, somebody shoots him before he gets a chance. So he never killed him. But the thing was, is that he was, he was on that edge. He was ready. He showed up. He was there. The bullet. He even cocks the revolver. Basically making that like a hairpin trigger. You touch it, it's going off. No going back. Then you see him throw the gun into the river or, you know, the bay, wherever he's at. Some sort of large body of water. And then he goes to train with the League of Assassins, Rachel Ghoul. You get into all that. You see him, though, make a choice. And the choice is very clear. It's the choice is that he's not going to kill ever again. He's not going to use a gun. He will only be... You know, a swift version of justice through his fists and his legs and his elbows and pieces of metal that he throws. You know, things like that. Excuse me. But the difference is, is that unlike Iron Man or unlike most other superheroes, Batman and Bruce Wayne, they don't have a release. You see, Bruce Wayne only wants to be Batman and Batman... Only wants to be Batman. So when he's Bruce Wayne, he's a billionaire. Meaning if he's not in the suit, he can't just live a normal life. He can't just go to the grocery store. He can't do anything like that. Because he's a billionaire. He's a philanthropist. He's, you know, an asset to the city. And when he's Batman, well, fuck, he can't go through the drive-thru as Batman. Like, you can't go to the store as Batman either. So he never has his break. Batman is a constant wheel, a constant gear that is turning, that never stops, you know? He's always, even when he's not actively pursuing criminals, he's always thinking about the next plan, another contingency, another set of uh, hypotheticals and variables that could change everything. Or he's working on, you know, training, you know, younger. He's got Robin. Now he's got the signal. Um, You know, he's had Batgirl, Batwoman, all kinds of people to train. So even when he's not, you know, strictly out there, in these big storylines with these villains, he never has a break. He doesn't want a break, arguably, you know? Bruce Wayne will always be like a broken man. He has no escape. He has no no way to exact vengeance or, you know, enact justice. He will always be a broken man. But Batman is, a, is like I said, he's a symbol, right? So when Batman goes out there and he does what he needs to do... Batman struggles with that. He struggles with the anger. He struggles with walking that line. Sometimes Batman can be vicious. Sometimes Batman can throw caution to the wind. You know, there's this uh there's this um 
comic line where Superman gets put under like a, a hypnosis by Poison Ivy and um, Batman throws Lois Lane off of a roof. Now, you might think, oh, he's Batman. He knows that that will make Superman snap out of it. He'll go and save Lois Lane and boom. Now, I thought that too until I read it again and it shows like in a panel. And it says like Batman didn't know if that was going to work. But he was just like, eh. If she dies, she dies. You want fucking Ivan Drago on that bitch. Like, if she dies, she dies. And he threw her off the roof, not knowing if, if you know, Superman could save her. Now, you might think, I thought Batman doesn't kill. Like, ooh, he was betting on he doesn't either, but he would have had to live with that. But that's the thing. Batman is justice, right? Batman is vengeance. He is fear, he's rage, he's punishment. He's deductive reasoning, right? He's able to solve the problem, no matter what it is, when he looks at it. And when I think about Batman, I try to think of like, you know, a better version of what I think we all wish to be. You know, everybody has emotions and everybody has connections with people. And sometimes, you know, in life, those can cloud your judgment. They can make you make mistakes, they can send you into fits of rage, they can they can cause you to self-destruct and cause you to hurt others, you know? With Batman, he's kind of like a Jedi in that aspect. Batman tries to not have attachments, and if he does, he makes sure they're protected. And if, you know, in certain cases like Jason Todd, he can't protect them, he's kind of right back at square one where he is with his parents. He won't forgive himself. It'll just become another... Another um, another log to stoke the flames that are Batman. And Batman, especially in like Batman year one, he struggles. Like he is like, it's quoted in the comics of like vicious. Like he doesn't like, he doesn't just beat you up. Like he fucking beats the shit out of you. Like he breaks your arms. He rearranges your facial structure. He beats people so vicious that even... Other people who witness this are scared on second hand. You know how bad you have to like really beat someone up in a group of, and I know these are comic books, but still, imagine the toughest criminals, you know, they all carry weapons, they all go around, they're not to be messed with, and one dude shows up, and he's able to beat up one of them, so viciously in front of them, that it scares them, it causes them to run away, it causes them to freeze up, he's like pure fear you know he causes hesitation in Christopher Nolan's Batman we see kind of a a more stable Batman a more version of Batman that is like I said he's he's stable he's put together you know even in Batman Begins he's figuring it out but he's he's still too smooth you know I think a lot of people don't realize that Batman for the longest time walks this line of darkness and like I said, and on the other side, justice, right? He wants justice. Maybe vengeance is the better part. That's like the duality of Batman is justice and vengeance, right? He wants to hurt you. And he wants you to know that he wants to hurt you. Like I said, Batman is who he really is. So he enjoys this. This is cathartic for him. He really likes to do this. It it all stems back to his dead parents, right? The problem with Batman is that he's his best and worst coping mechanism. No matter what he does, he does it for the reason of, you know, saving someone and sparing them from 
his tragic fate of watching his parents die in front of him to be alone most of his life, to never have a normal life, right? He saves other people from this. And every time he saves someone, it's also a reminder that he could never save his parents. He could never get them back. So as much as it helps him is as much as it hurts him. Because every time he saves somebody, he remembers that he couldn't save his parents. And, you know, a lot of you take the practical road of like, well, he's just a kid. There's no way he could. Batman doesn't take that approach. Now that he's Batman, he only views it as, ah, if only, if only I could have been there. If only I could have done something. If only I didn't get scared. If only, you know, whatever it is. There's different versions for like, sometimes Batman gets scared and they want to leave the theater. Sometimes uh, his parents just, you know, were meant to die. Like it was just the end of the movie and they were going home. But it's like the foreshadowing of the place his parents die. Future on becomes like Crime Alley. So, like I said, he's his, he's his own best and worst coping mechanism. Imagine if the only thing that made you feel better afterwards made you feel worse. But there's nothing you can do because it's all you know, right? And when I think about Batman, I think about baggage. Because I have a lot of baggage. Um, there's a music uh, musical artist. He's a rapper. His name is NF. Um... I really like his music for the same reason. Um, by his like third album, there's like parts of songs where he talks about the fact of, you know, if I let go of this pain, this anger, if, if I let go of this darkness and I try to become somebody else, it's almost like you can't do it because you can't imagine who you, like if your whole personality, if your whole being is connected to that darkness, that rage, that anger, that loss, that darkness. Who are you if you let that go? And for a lot of people, you know, me included, I struggle with that. You know, sometimes I want to be a better person or I want to, I wish I was nicer or I wish I didn't have such a short temper or I wish I wasn't in some ways, I wish I wasn't able to just disconnect. You know, there's a lot of times in my life, uh, especially here recently, you know, had an argument with somebody and just due to the fact that I know that I'm right, it's it's easy for me to just, I guess that's part of it, you know, is the ego of knowing I'm right, that it's like, oh, well, fuck you, you know, I don't need you. It's that simple. I didn't need you before and I don't need you now, you know, a little bit of, I guess you could call it pride. I'm just like, I'll be fine by myself. I was fine by myself beforehand. But it's not true. Everybody needs somebody. And I do have some friends. But, you know, every time something like that happens and I lose a connection, you know, a part of me is like, man, I wish whatever baggage, whatever damage, whatever trauma that caused that, I wish I could heal that. But at the same time, if I heal that, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to act. I wouldn't know how to feel. I wouldn't know how to think if I didn't always have something bad to motivate me or, you know, something sad to remind me of why I don't do this or something that makes me angry to I don't know push through a lot of a lot of times in my life I relate to Batman for the fact of uh, there's a line in the third Batman movie with Christian Bale where Joseph Gordon-Levitt who was like supposed to be Robin it's like an easter egg but it was terrible and they don't do it till the end of the movie so it means nothing because if there's no Batman there can't be a Robin he'd have to be Nightwing anyways I'm getting real nerdy about it Anyways, the point is that he deduces that this dude is Batman because of, like, the anger. But the way he says it is so poetic because he says, like, 
you learn to live with it, you learn to hide it, but you can't get away from it. It's it's anger in your bones. You have to wear a mask. And man, I felt that a lot in my life where I'm angry to the core. Like when I wake up, there would be days where I could feel it. Like I've I've just opened my eyes. I haven't even got out of bed and I'm angry. I'm mad at the world. I'm spiteful. You know, I see the world as pain, you know, kind of like from Naruto, like the world is pain, you know, existence and connections, friendships, it's all pain, right? So I relate to that aspect of Batman. Batman is forever angry. He will never be okay. The character is not meant to be okay. He's not meant to get a happy ending. You know, the thing that's so attractive to me about Batman is that Batman is a character that is built to struggle, to endure, and then he's meant to suffer. And then after that, he recovers, but only to endure and suffer again. If you read any Batman story, most of the time there's an ending, but you wouldn't call it a happy ending. It's just kind of where things leave off until the next time. And throughout Batman's history in the comic books, it gets darker and darker, you know? Not only has Batman lost sidekicks, those aren't just sidekicks. You know, when Batman finds the first Robin, Dick Grayson, you know, his parents are killed. Um, and uh, they were like trapeze artists in the circus. His parents get killed. Dick Grayson is now an orphan, a la Bruce Wayne. He sees himself in this young man. He raises him from a kid, you know, trains him teaches him, gives him all these skills. He watches him die. Jason Todd is another Robin. The Joker kidnaps him. Batman can't get there in time. Jason Todd dies. Then, you know, he has a son, an actual son for the first time. Not a ward, not a kid he found on the streets. You know, this is his actual flesh and blood, his son. And guess what? He dies. And it's fucking sad because he's like 10 years old and he's small as shit. Like in the comics compared to Batman, he looks like a little kid because, you know, Batman's huge. So imagine like a small Robin that's like 10 years old, just dead, right? Batman goes to get married. Finally, they explore. Can Batman be happy? Can Batman find love with Catwoman, right? That Bat-Cat romance, right? Bat-Cat, you know? Can that be a thing? Guess what? Fucking Bane. You know, Bane, I am Bane. You know, that guy from that fucking movie? He fucking, like, gets all these people to plant plant doubt in Catwoman's head. So by the end of the issue, you have a fucking Bruce Wayne at the altar, left alone. He can't even find love in the one person. And the thing about, like, Batman and Catwoman is that they are... They're like two broken puzzle pieces that somehow still fit together. You know, neither one of them is a is a stable or put-together person, but they both have what the other one needs. You know, they both stick up for people who can't stick up for themselves. They both, you know, somewhat had this idea of justice, but it's just so sad to see it when, like, you get this glimpse, this glimmer of hope, and then even that gets dashed out, right? So I guess that's the reason why Batman means a whole lot to me, is that when I go through things and when I suffer and when I get down... I think about Batman and I think about, you know, and I know he's just a a character, but, you know, I'm not very, I'm not religious or anything. I don't have a Bible or, you know, a belief system that I can fall back on when times get hard and I go, oh, I 
pray about this and it'll be all right. Or I could read this story and feel all right. That's what I do. I read Batman comics. I watch movies. You know, I listen to music. Those are the kind of things that get me through hard times in my life. And for most of the time growing up, you know, I felt kind of a, an outcast, an outsider. Um, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And sometimes, sometimes I would kind of relate to that Bruce Wayne thing. It's like, this isn't really me, but I'm going to just be this in the time being because it might work. And even though I know it was fake, at least for a little while, I guess I could pretend. You know, there's a lot of times where I kind of felt bad for doing that, where sometimes I might have rather hung out with different people or, you know, done different things. But I wanted to feel a part of something. I wanted to feel like I was normal. Um, so that for me was more more viable than, you know, continuing to just, I don't know, be alone. But for a lot of my life, I was alone. And growing up, Batman was the guy I looked up to. You know, my brothers were all in college. Um, my dad wasn't around. You know, my parents split when I was young. So Batman was the guy I looked up to. I wanted to be like Batman, you know? But the, the, the good thing about, or I guess it's a bad thing, bad thing about Batman is just that Batman doesn't deal with this trauma. He can't. If he deals with this trauma, he loses everything in a sense. He loses his identity. His identity is trauma. His identity is injustice showing how much it can ruin a person's psyche. You know, Batman is a very dark individual. As much as, as much good as Batman does, there's so much darkness that if you've never read a comic book, you don't know about how bad he wants to hurt people, how much he wishes he could kill the Joker, right? Because the Joker is like the worst villain in all of comics. He is like synonymous. Like Batman and Robin... Or, sorry, Batman and Joker are number one, and then, like, Spider-Man and Venom are number two, literally. Like, the most iconic pairings is by far my two favorite superheroes, <laughs> to say the least. They're both iconic for that duality. The Batman of so pure, and, well, maybe not so pure, but it's a pure idea of justice and wanting it to be right. And then you have the Joker, who is pure chaos. He wants nothing to be anything. He wants it all to be crazy we spent a lot of time talking about batman now i'm here to ask a question and answer it who is bruce wayne well like i said bruce wayne is the alter ego of batman bruce wayne is the mask bruce wayne is the facade the image and you know a lot of you know him as the billionaire playboy a lot of people compare bruce wayne to tony stark the difference is is that bruce wayne doesn't care Bruce Wayne is a facade. Whatever he does, he strictly does to ensure that Batman is not found out. You know, every every time he donates to charity, every time he makes an appearance, all that is just to make sure that Batman stays Batman. It all is just to throw everybody's scent off. And some people figure it out. A lot of villains figure it out. Even normal people figure it out in the comics sometimes. But for the most part, that's exactly what it is. They even mention this in Batman Begins. Um, with, like, his love interest, because, you know, Catwoman's too expensive, so they just threw some chick named Rachel in there. She tells him that him is Bruce Wayne, that's his mask. He's not Bruce Wayne. He'll never be Bruce Wayne. He hasn't been Bruce Wayne since he was, you know, eight years old before he went to the theater with his parents. On the night that Thomas and Martha Wayne die, so does Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne does not exist past that night. Now, some people say that's when Batman was created. That's not true. That's just when Bruce Wayne died. 
Batman isn't created until probably after like the Rachel Ghoul thing with the uh with the Liga the Liga Shadows. Um after that training, after, you know, he's able to like once he has the skills, that's when Batman is born. But Batman is born out of the necessity for a corrupt city, right? Bruce Wayne on the other hat like on the other on the other side Bruce Wayne has held this rage and anger his whole life Bruce Wayne is the one who suffered the trauma you know Bruce Wayne is the one who sees a city and a police force and a and a government corrupt to the core he's the one that watches this right so as much as Bruce Wayne is not his real identity Bruce Wayne is the forge that shaped Batman. You know, Batman was a symbol, an idea that he had. But Bruce Wayne is the one that shaped it and molded it and crafted it to become something greater than himself. Something that Bruce Wayne could never be. And that's exactly why Bruce Wayne is such a great character. When he's not in the suit and he has to play this part, it's almost... It's almost more intriguing sometimes in the Batman part. Because I know what Batman's going to do. Batman's going to solve the case. Batman is going to beat the criminals. He's going to stop the villain. He's going to find some way out of this. But Bruce Wayne? I don't know what Bruce Wayne's going to do. Bruce Wayne is more unpredictable. Now this is just my opinion. But. Bruce Wayne is the. How do I say this? Bruce Wayne is the thing that Batman has to hold back. Bruce Wayne wants to kill criminals. Bruce Wayne wanted to kill Joe Chill in certain renditions. You know, Bruce Wayne wants more than vengeance and justice. He wants unparalleled revenge. And, you know, that's what they say about revenge. Somebody who seeks revenge should, you know, what is it? If you seek revenge, you should dig two graves. One for you and one for your, you know, revenge I guess. But anyways, that's what I'm saying, is that it spanned decades. The depth and the duality of this character, I think that's what makes him so popular. I think a lot of us who are Batman fans, or anyone who's even, you know, liked a Batman movie, you see some of yourself in both of them. You know, everybody wishes they could be a billionaire, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that... Or for me anyway. Maybe I'm just mentally unstable. And that's why I relate to uh, Batman sometimes. Because he's not very stable either. But I think a lot of people can uh, can relate to it. You have this person who you know you are. And then you have this other person. This, uh, this facade. This persona that you put on. That you show to the world. That even under... Even under stress you revert to it. Because it's all you know. It's practiced. You know it by heart. You can act that out. Even if it's not who you really are, you can do it. It's kind of like when you see these videos of people like, oh, this is my customer service voice. You know, everybody has that where they talk a little different at work. You know, I even do it, you know. But I think that's why people relate is that Batman offers a release. He offers uh, an escape and a way to deal with trauma and pain and fear in the most, it's got to be the most cathartic way, 
You know, I feel like if anybody, if you could wake up tomorrow and you had the choice to literally like be Batman or even Spider-Man, pick a, pick a superhero that has a secret identity. If you could pick that, you probably would because, and like I said, it's, it's so attractive because it's the best and worst coping mechanism. You could deal with whatever you have to deal with, but at the end of the day, you would always remember what that is. It's still hard to overcome, even if you have an outlet sometimes. I think that's what makes, you know, Batman and Bruce Wayne so appealing, is that Bruce Wayne as a young kid and growing up crafted all this thing just so he could have this release that, like I said, the character is only meant to suffer and then recover and then suffer more and then endure and then recover and do it all over again. It's the best and worst part about being a Batman fan. There is no happy ending. It's very rare in Batman comics there's a happy ending. It's very rare that it never feels right even if you get one. Because you know at the end of the day that's it's not really how it's supposed to go down for him. Batman's plan for himself is to reference his parents' death. Is to put people in danger. He's very ethical and he's very emotional. I think that's why I relate to Batman. You can be as smart as you want. You could be the, the, the world's greatest detective. And you could still suffer from simple trauma that you can't get over. No matter how hard you try. No matter how many skills you learn. No matter how many fighting styles you master. You'll still always be somewhat broken. There are some things that don't heal. And I think, you know... That's what really draws me to Batman is that, I don't know, sometimes I find it okay that I won't heal because I know that I'll find ways to deal with it. And I guess sometimes you have to be fine with knowing that certain things won't heal for you. You know, Batman will never have a wrapped up story where he's all better. That's why I don't like the ending of the Christian Bale Batman. He's too stable. He's too nice. He gets a happy ending. He rides off in the sunset with Catwoman. It's not how it's supposed to be, man. You know? And it's sad, but I think that's the nature of the character. Another thing I wanted to point out, talking about Batman, Superman has stated he is the most dangerous man on Earth. It makes you wonder, what if Batman went evil? Well, guess what? I, I, I know a storyline for that. It's called Batman Metal, and you should read it, because it's like a whole multiverse of evil Batman. Yeah, Batman, I said it. Batmens, it's plural. And it's really good. Also, um, speaking of Batman uh, being not a superhero, the like Batman can outsmart literal gods. They're called new gods in DC, but they're literal like think Thanos, and then think Eternals, and then think Celestials. If you watched Eternals and you know what I'm talking about, if you don't, think about a really powerful guy, then think about people who came before him, and then think of the people who made them. That's what Batman outsmarted. A guy who can literally rule the universe. Batman was like, haha, gotcha. But yeah, that's what I think about Batman. I don't know how good that was. I struggled to follow the notes. Everything I wrote kind of, I think I did it in a weird order. But um, the other reason I wanted to do this is that there's a Batman movie coming out in March. It's called The Batman. It's got Robert Pattinson, some other good actors, uh, Zoe Kravitz, and uh, Paul Dano is the Riddler, and I don't remember Commissioner Gordon's name, but he's a good actor too from what I've heard. Um, but basically, what I'm hoping, and the reason I got so inspired, 
is when I see these trailers and I see these snippets about the Batman. It seems like just that. It's a Batman movie. This isn't a movie about criminals. You know, there's criminals in it. There are villains in it. But that's not what this is about. For once, we might get to see what I so desperately want. Which is people to know that Batman is not a nice guy. He's not a... The, Batman doesn't have a lot of friends. He has the Justice League, but like... Batman is not a man of friendships. He's not a man of connection. He is a man of willpower. He is a man of determination and thought, you know? And when you can't read his thoughts and you can't view it from Batman's perspective, you lose a lot of the character. Now, I think that goes for, you know, most books or, uh, you know, art that gets turned into like visual media. You lose a lot of that connection with the character. And it's up to the people who make it, the people who write it, to try to put you in that... I don't know, when you read a comic, like sometimes when I read a Batman comic, I really just feel like it's all from his perspective. I get to see everything from Batman's view. And that's beautiful. And like I said, the problem with the Dark Knight trilogy is that Batman's very stable. He doesn't have a lot of darkness. You know, they show his parents dying, but, you know, he's very clunky. He's... His, his, I don't know, his combat didn't feel like Batman to me. It just felt like a, a guy who throws really heavy punches, you know? When he faces the Joker, it's, you know, there's a lot to be desired there. And especially with, like, Bane and the third one, they kind of start hinting at this back and forth and the darkness, but it doesn't really go anywhere. They got to keep it moving, you know? In this one, it seriously looks to me like, for once, we're going to get to see... A Batman who solves crimes, who deals with, you know, criminals and villains. And also, this Batman is very young. This is like, there's a whole comic series called Batman Year One. Pretty self-explanatory. It's all about Batman in his first year being Batman. From what I've heard, this Batman, this Robert Pattinson, will be like in his second year of being Batman. So he stopped some crime. He's dealt with the mob a wee bit. But he hasn't been tested. He hasn't been challenged. He hasn't had the entire city waiting and hoping someone would save them. Somebody will step in. You know, he's not really a symbol of hope. He's more of a symbol of fear. Which is, Batman is, his, his, his ability to instill fear is so powerful that he can operate a yellow lantern ring. If you don't know what the yellow lanterns are, the green lanterns are like good guys they have willpower, that's what powers their rings. The Yellow Lanterns are their like nemesis, and they are activated by fear. Their rings and their whole personality is to instill fear in others. Batman is so good at it, he can power that and even rival the main guy, Sinestro, who like is, you know, the poster boy for fear. He can rival that dude, like without any training. Just from pure insanity. Batman is insane. He's unhinged. You know? That's what I'm hoping I'll see. I'm hoping I'll see... Like, the, man, in the trailers, there's this one scene where he beats this dude down. And there is this kid, like, amongst these thugs. And he just looks like he's about to cry. He looks terrified. That's what I want to see. I want to see a Batman who barely knows when to stop. Who struggles with the amount of power and, you know, vengeance he can really instill. He struggles with walking that line. He, he likes it. Not only does he like it, he gets enjoyment out of it. He is cathartic when he 
breaks people's bones and he tases people in the neck and you know he throws them off buildings you know that's the batman i want to see i want to see a batman that hasn't figured it out yet a batman that struggles you know as much as i love the cool calm collected able to overcome any obstacle batman as much as i love that there's something about a young bruce wayne and a young batman that i really relate to the knowing you can do better and knowing you have the the skills to over you know he, he could be a little better he could hold back a little bit he could be a little more um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know he could just be a bit more smarter about situations but he doesn't because he's unhinged he doesn't have that line yet he's working to find it and that's what i hope we'll see and you know it's also cool that like there's so many little things in the trailers like where he has the eye makeup on when he takes off the cow such a good like you know batman's still figuring it out he's still wearing eye makeup you know and a lot of these movies they pretend that he doesn't have it on even though you can clearly see it every time he takes the cow off he's perfectly normal right because Batman doesn't have like an overly fake voice or a voice changer. He's a young man with a lot of skills that is trying to make things better. He's trying to enact justice on those he feels are outside of the law that cause chaos, that cause mayhem, that cause other kids and families to deal with what he had to deal with, right? And something about it when I keep watching these trailers just... It's very noir. It's very detective. For once, we get to see Batman be Batman. We've never seen that. We just see Batman show up, you know, use a gadget, beat a bad guy, say something, you know, dark and, and a little creepy, and then he disappears, right? That's what we see. We see Batman do a few Batman things. Like, the most you've seen to, like, a Batman be Batman is, like, in the Dark Knight where he has to go to Hong Kong to get that banker, and he systematically, you know flies from one building to the other to shoot out all these windows to get this guy to break to have him fly out on the skyhook thing and then he leaves you know batman has no jurisdiction that's a batman thing that's something batman would do but you never seen batman solve anything you know the most batman thing other than that is when he you know finds the bullet from the joker and he runs all those tests in his underground you know thousand light bulb room where he's just got a bunch of light bulbs, and it's all white, and it's underground. That's about it. You never see him analyze anything. You never see him make plans. You never see him, you know, solve riddles. You never see him do anything. You just see him go and fight villains. There's a fist fight, and then, boom, that's it. You know? That's it. But I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I think there's a great cast um supposedly what i heard is supposed to be like three hours long which is really good because it means there'll be some depth and with this you know you get to see you know it looks like they're taking a lot of inspiration from like really good batman movies not to shit on christopher nolan but that dude took like baby's first batman you know a long halloween a dark knight those are like baby's first batman books you know when you really dig into like year one or you know even some of the newer ones which i guess is like he couldn't do those, but like Batman year one or, you know, I guess the Dark Knight is really good, but even year one shows a Bruce Wayne that lives like down in the city for like a year. He creates an alter ego for himself because like I said, Bruce Wayne can't go out 
Bruce Wayne can't go out and about. Everybody knows who Bruce Wayne is. Batman can't go out. You know, Batman just can't do things. He's Batman. Can't go to fucking... Batman can't go to Costco, okay? Batman can't go get a cup of coffee. That's not how it works. There's a reason he has the Batcave, right? So Batman even makes this alter ego for his alter ego. So he can go out and try to be a normal person and live amongst the people. And really try to feel what they have felt. Because Bruce Wayne can't feel that in, you know... A mansion with a butler, you know? Bruce Wayne needs to really feel what it's like to be out there and deal with these criminals and live in this filth, in this terrible city. So that's what I'm hoping we get. I hope we get a dark, gritty Batman movie. And maybe you guys can understand why I love the character so much and why I relate to him and why you can relate to him and why he can give you some solace when you're feeling down or when you're suffering or when you feel like there's just no way out of it, you know? There is a way out of it. You can always solve it. You can get better. Or you can beat the shit out of criminals until you feel better. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Phoenix Jones tried it. It's not good. You end up in jail. <laughs> but I don't know how good this was as far as a character analysis. It's my first time. I feel like it was a little jumbled. But hopefully you learned something you didn't know. Hopefully you learned that Batman is not a nice guy. And he's fucking crazy. He's legitimately crazy. He even says so himself. He says the only reason he doesn't kill is that if he kills, he will just turn into a fucking serial killer. That's literally like, Batman says this to, uh, I don't want to spoil it. Batman says this to a, an apprentice of his after his apprentice asks why he didn't kill somebody, you know. And he says that. He says, if I allow myself to kill somebody, if I allow myself to get that dark, I'll never come back. Meaning Batman is so unhinged and crazy. Like I said, I think it's more Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is so fucking crazy that if Batman let Bruce Wayne do what he wanted, he would just murder everybody. And that's why Batman Metal is a really good series as well if you'd like to see what a murder is. I'm not sure. Oh, my watch just thought I said something. That's embarrassing. I'm about to start taking this watch off. Just threw it on the ground. Did you hear that? Siri, Siri tried to get on the podcast. Just looked at my watch again to make sure it didn't go off. That bitch tried to cut in. <laughs> But yeah, hopefully that's what we'll see. You know, if you've ever wanted to see what a dark Batman really looks like, go check out the Batman. And if you're still hating on Robert Pattinson because he was in Twilight, you're a dork. Okay, that shit was like 15 years ago, maybe. Maybe not that long. It was pretty fucking long ago. I was in like middle school, dog. So if you're hating on Robert Pattinson because he was in a vampire movie 10 years ago, you're a dork. Okay, you're an absolute dweeb if you're fucking hating on a dude because he was in a fucking movie forever ago. Like, get the fuck over it. Also, if you've never seen a Robert Pattinson movie, um, I watch Good Time. People seem to like that movie. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm not saying it's good either. I watched that whole movie and I kind of just walked away from it going, what was the point of that movie? I mean, it was all right. It took up two hours of my time. I wasn't bored necessarily, but at the end, I really didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get a point. I didn't know why the movie was made. It's a cool story, but like, Man, it was fucking weird. It was really fucking weird. That's what I'll say. It's probably how people felt when they watched Watchmen for the first time. Just like, eh, that was cool, but like, what the fuck, what the fuck is going on here? That's how I felt. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the movie. It should be great. And we're almost at the 50 minute mark. Also, if anybody wants to give me some feedback on that, I'd appreciate it. It's the first time I've done a character analysis. I probably should have wrote the notes a little different or maybe uh, said them in a different order. But, um... Yeah, my fault. 
that's just kind of what I got. But hopefully you learned something. Like I said, if you want good reading recommendations for Batman, like I said, Baby's First Batman, you could read The Dark Knight Rises. You could read A Long Halloween. Uh, Batman Hush is a really good uh, storyline. And then you could read um, The White Knight is really good. And then uh, Batman the Imposter is like a newer take on Batman in like a modern age. Um, some of my favorite Batman moments come from like a... Uh, Kind of like Batman and Robin, big Batman and Robin fan. Uh, I really like uh, the Rebirth or Batman Inc., uh, Batman Incorporated, because that has uh, Damian Wayne, who is his son, as Robin. And those are really cool because it just it adds a whole different dynamic when it's his actual son. Um, so, yeah, read some of those if you want to, you know, if you're looking at like uh, some dark stuff. Also, Batman Year One. I said it multiple times as a reference. Batman Year One is great. Um, also the Dark Knight, uh, series, they're both by Frank Miller, who's a really good one, uh, but Scott Snyder is also one of my favorite Batman writers, he wrote All-Star Batman, and some of the other ones, so check those out, and real quick, even though it's towards the end of the episode, um, Joe Rogan, a little bit more drama I wanted to touch on, cause I love Joe Rogan, and I also love, um, this whole, like, cancel Joe Rogan thing that, like, keeps going on, but nobody's getting anywhere with it, like, I don't get why these people are so hell-bent on canceling Joe Rogan, especially when they're not good at it. <sighs> Sorry, I had to take a little drink. Uh, this week, um, on a little bit of gasolinia, I got some caffeine. I bought a... What is this? It's a Coca-Cola with coffee. It's not that much caffeine, but I haven't had caffeine in a while. So, I bought some, and it's pretty good. But, um, there's this old dude named Neil Young, who is a old artist... Wish I could tell you more, but I don't know a lot about him. When I looked him up on Spotify, his number one song was with like Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, and a bunch of more famous people than him from the 60s and 70s. So, uh, this is one of those punching up things. It's like, uh, this is like a flyweight trying to fight Francis Ngannou. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, he's like the biggest heavyweight in the UFC I've ever seen. So this is like a small dude trying to fight a big dude, alright? This is what this is kind of like, David versus Goliath, but uh, David don't have uh, God on his side this time. So the Goliath is just going to beat the fucking shit out of him. Which is like, Joe Rogan's not going to... Sorry about that, that was really loud, I apologize. And Joe Rogan's probably not going to say anything about it, so I figured I would. And I'm not defending Joe Rogan, he doesn't need me to defend him. But I just thought that this is something I should talk about because I think it's kind of funny. So Neil Young is this old guy on Spotify who's got music. And this fool <laughs> had a letter. I guess he had his assistant or his management team, whatever fucking rich people have, write Spotify a letter that said you can either have Neil Young's music on Spotify or what did he say? Oh yeah, he said, you could take my music off Spotify, you can have my music, or you can have Joe Rogan's podcast, but you can't have both. Something along those lines of like, you can either have my music catalog, or you can have Joe Rogan's podcast catalog, but you can't have both. First of all, Neil Young, whoever you are, if this was like, I don't know if there'd be a case where I think, like, maybe if Paul McCartney was like, you can either have the Beatles or you can have Joe Rogan. I'd be like, hmm, now that is a dilemma because the Beatles are the most successful band of all time, I think. Pretty sure they're still more successful than anybody. That Like, they're culturally... 
I think people dismiss that a lot. Like a lot of people, I guess, don't think the Beatles are important. I think the Beatles are super important. Um, they've spanned generations. Um, so, uh, I don't know. That's a weird sidetrack. I'm just saying, if it was like the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or even like, I don't know, dude, Michael Jackson's dead. But like, if it was somebody along those lines, somebody who's a Titan, right? And they were like, you either have my music and like a Prince, right? If Prince was there. And Prince was still alive. And he's like, you either have my music or you have Joe Rogan's podcast. That might be a little bit more of a tight call. But who the fuck is Neil Young? And who gives a shit? Like, cool, bro. Like, who cares if your music's not on Spotify? But second, like, when did it become... And I get... Like, I'm not saying it's not his right. If he wants his music off Spotify, take it off Spotify, bro. Why are you even writing a letter to Spotify? If you fucking... That's my problem. People don't care enough to bother. They just care enough to bother others. Does that make sense? Like, people don't care enough to do it themselves. They just care enough to whine and tell... Like, squeaky wheel gets the grease type shit. They don't care enough to fix their own ball bearings and make sure their wheel is rolling better. They want somebody else to come and do it for them, and they were willing to squeak louder than anybody to get the grease. So that's what I'm saying. People don't care enough to bother, but they care enough to bother others. If you care so much about Joe Rogan's misinformation, with air quotes, because, like, I don't fucking know. I didn't watch the episodes. I don't really care. Do your own research. Come to your own conclusions. Don't be a, don't be a fucking spoon-fed little baby that needs to be, oh, tell me, tell me, Mr. Joe Rogan. Should I get the vaccine? Should I not? Go fucking do your own research. Get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. I don't care. What I care about is this old fuck being like, hey, you either... Take him off, or I'm gonna take my music. Like, fucking see you later, pal. That's what I'd say as Spotify. I spent a hundred million bones on Mr. Rogan over here. Hundred million smackaroonies to get these thousands of episodes. So much so you can't even post a full one on YouTube. I bought him off of a free platform. He's under contract. Goodbye. That's what I'd say. Well, see you later, Neil Young. Good luck getting people to listen to your music on somewhere else. Who even knows who you are? Now, if you're a big Neil Young fan, sorry to offend you. Don't know who he is, don't care. I know who Eric Clapton is, I know who Bob Dylan is, I know both of those people are more famous than him, and that's his number one song on Spotify, and they're both in it, so... Potato, tomato, you know what I'm saying? Potato, tomato, greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. That's what I feel about it. So, this leads me to the thing I said next week, or last week. Or two weeks ago. Whenever I talked about Joe Rogan last time. Once again, we have people who aren't... He's not willing to do anything himself. He just wants it to be known that he wants someone else to do something about it. He's not willing to just... I'm taking my music off of Spotify because of Joe Rogan and his evil podcast. He's not willing to do that. He's going to be a little baby about it and ask Spotify like... Why don't you kick him off of your platform? Because we paid $100 million to get him on the platform. And just because he had two episodes with the doctor about a hot button issue a year ago doesn't mean we're going to kick him off. You know, Joe Rogan has so many more episodes. He talks to so many different people and people just zero in on like one three hour conversation. Whatever, dude. If if there's somebody out there that is like taking Joe Rogan's advice, like as if it was, you know, the Bible or something more established. Like, I'm not very religious, but the Bible is, like, thousands of years old, so if people, like, tend to follow it, I'm like, mm, you know, it's kind of been around a while. A lot of civilizations tend to use it as, like, a good moral backing, so kind of find if you're, like, you know, following the Bible. There's some good shit in there and teaches you to be a good person, hopefully. You're not a dickhead about it. But if you just listen to, like, celebrities 
which Joe Rogan is a celebrity, and you just take that and go with it, fuck you. You deserve whatever happens. You're a moron. Let like let natural selection do its thing. Why are we protecting these fucking people who are stupid? Let them be stupid. Like, oh, well, it hurts others. Like, well, oh, well, everyone else hurts others, you know? People don't give a shit about that but because, no, I don't know. I'm trying not to say what I really want to say because it's controversial, but fuck it. No one's listening anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? But all I'm going to say is, is this sets like a precedent to like, you know, is like, uh, man, I'm so out of touch. I don't know any artists is, um, I don't know who's hot right now. Who's a hot, hip, young artist, man. I should have thought about this example a little bit more. I don't know, dude. Can't think of anybody off the top of my head. This is so embarrassing. I don't listen to the radio. I don't have TikTok. I don't know any of these people. I'll just go with Bella Porch. How about that? I know Bella Porch is, uh, she came off YouTube. She's got some songs. Imagine she just goes, I don't want my music on Spotify because I don't like, you know, some other podcast or I don't like this other artist. Yeah. Let's say like, who's like, like, let's say Rihanna comes out and she goes, I want Spotify to take all my music off this platform unless they kick Chris Brown off this platform because Chris Brown's getting sued again for, like, sexual assault and, you know, abusing women like he's done his whole career. I don't know how that dude's still popular with how many times this has happened. It's ridiculous. Anyways, imagine if Rihanna takes the stance of, like, I want all my music off of there unless you kick Chris Brown off. Well, Rihanna's a bigger name than Chris Brown in this effect. I think Rihanna would have more fans, you know? What, like, what? We're just gonna start leveraging? Like, if you, uh, this is my thing. If you wanna leave, if you don't wanna be a part of it, then just leave. You don't need to leverage and ultimatum everything. Like, that's the problem. This sets a precedent, like, oh, and I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm just saying, this is why it's stupid. Because if you wanna do something, then just do it. You shouldn't have to th- have a threat and call somebody else. That's what this is. It's like, oh, well, if you pick on me, my big brother's gonna beat you up, and then your big brother never shows up, and you just look like an idiot, and then you get beat up again. So not only is Neil Young probably going to get booted off Spotify, no one's going to give a shit. He's just going to look stupid and have less money coming in. Not that he cares, but like, good luck, dude. Because like, if you really cared as an artist, you'd just be like, yeah, well, I don't really agree with him, but I'd like my music to be on Spotify. That way maybe more young people could, you know, find my music and maybe people will like it and they'll enjoy my art. Nope, I don't like that guy, so take all my art down. No one gets to listen to it because that guy's on here. It's like, dude, there's so many people on Spotify you probably disagree with. Are you going to make sure all of them get kicked off? You know what I mean? It's just stupid, and I really hate it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Joe Rogan's like, uh, right now, Joe Rogan's like one of them, uh, one of them Greek, maybe they're not Greek, whatever. He's like one of those, like, three-headed dogs that, like, if you cut a head off, it just grows back. And then if you cut two off, two more grow back. You know, that's like what Joe Rogan is. If you attack him, he just comes right back. You chop him down, boom. Another another one pops up over here. So it's just funny to me. Watch all these people lose their minds over, you know, what, six hours of conversation. They'll, like, the Joe Rogan fans will be onto something in another month. And they're worried about eating, eating, eating elk meat and taking DMT, okay? That's what they're really worried about, all right? They don't give a fuck about, you know, anything else. But, um, starting to ramble. This was a long episode, like I said. Um, give me feedback if you care enough to bother and not enough to bother others. Uh, about that character analysis, what I could have done better. 
Uh, maybe I should have been more prepared. I was prepared. I just didn't think about how I would read it off of the paper. Because when I wrote it, I wrote it like it was a script. But then I couldn't read it that fast. And I tend to think faster than I read. And uh, I talk a lot. But um, this week, weekly... Jesus Christ. This week's weekly recommendation is another podcast. And it's not Joe Rogan. But this week, I'm going to recommend you guys. And this is weird. You know, most people who start a podcast wouldn't recommend another podcast. It's like giving the competition more viewers. But hey... These guys inspired me, and they're also YouTubers, and I've been a fan of them before they had a podcast. Um, but it's called TMG, stands for Tiny Meat Gang. Uh, you can find them on YouTube and like Apple Podcasts, which I'm not on, and probably Spotify. I listen to them on YouTube. But it's Cody Coe and Noel Miller. These guys are fucking hilarious. Um, it's like one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. It's uh, they're both like young. They both were like software engineers. Um, in like Silicon Valley back in the 2010s and they were both on Vine and then they went to YouTube. I've watched these guys forever as well as the podcast. Like I said, they make music, they have their own YouTube channels. Um, and some of the videos that they put out years ago, I still go back to when I'm like feeling down and I need a laugh or even if I just want to laugh, I still, I could watch them a hundred times and still fucking laugh my ass off because it's hilarious. Same thing with their podcast. It makes me fucking literally burst out laughing at work. Um, when I have an AirPod in, so I just look like a complete psychopath. Uh, so it's great. And like I said, um, they're really like funny and original. Most of you probably know Cody Ko from Vine or YouTube, like commentary. He's got a shit ton of followers. Um, but Noel Miller, in my opinion, is a little bit funnier. Um, not that Cody Ko's not funny. He's just, I relate to Noel Miller's, uh, comedy a little bit more. Um, but like I said, they even have like funny parody rap songs. They're fucking hilarious. I think those guys are like creative geniuses. Um, they bounce off each other really well. It's such a great chemistry. Um, I'm pretty sure if you watched any random episode, you would laugh. Um, so check that out if you're into a funny podcast. And I also like the fact that now that they're this big, they now have like two additional podcasts that are like under their umbrella, which is real cool to see like people. It's almost like when like rappers uh, like start their own record label. And they like sign artists underneath them. So it's like, you know, not like Birdman, but like, you know, Logic has his own, he has, you know, Bobby Boy records or whatever. Like he can sign artists and not screw them over like the industry tends to screw people over. I think that's real cool, you know, shady records type shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't really like Eminem, but I think it's cool that like he signed Yellow Wolf. And, like, Yellow Wolf doesn't have to go through, like, Interscope or Columbia or RCA. They can just go through another artist who's not going to fuck them over. Um, so that's kind of cool to have, you know, to use your platform to showcase other podcasts that you like. I think that's cool. When you have a bigger following and a bigger range and you listen to somebody and you want to put them on and, like, kind of put them under your wing. So that's real cool. So that's another reason I like them. Plus, they do, like, live shows and stuff that I've never seen done in, like, uh, you know, certain formats but yeah that's the weekly recommendation along with all the uh reading recommendations for the batman stuff i talked about and as always the most uncomfortable part of the podcast make sure that you follow on spotify i think we're close to like 18 listeners or 18 followers that's fucking cool it's fucking awesome double digits um rate the show on spotify give it a something out of five stars and i posted up to episode 11 on youtube and then 
rendering takes forever on my computer so it like kills the battery and then i forgot about it but i'm putting more and more episodes on youtube each week at one point we will be caught up and have every episode on youtube each week when they drop so make sure you follow me on youtube and you follow me on spotify give this episode a little heart if you liked it because that's what the like button is on spotify and like i said make sure you give it a something out of five stars and don't give it any stars if you don't think i'm worth a star yet that's cool i'll get there eventually you know what is it if you shoot for the stars you might land on the moon so if i'm not a star yet i'm definitely like halfway to the moon probably i'm at least like near the satellites you know i hope or maybe i'm just like a weather balloon I'm getting really close, but then I pop. Fuck it. This is getting weird. This is a stupid bit. Anyways, <laughs> make sure you hit me up at just last week podcast uh, at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me and you don't know me. If you know me, hit me up on the Facebook Messenger or the Snapchat or my cellular phone. Tell me what you thought. Give me suggestions, feedback. Tell me it sucked. Whatever, right? Um, other than that, we will see you next week. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode.